Hello, and welcome to the INTP Musings Podcast. Today I want to talk about how nothing is more oppressive than nature. So we as humans spend a lot of our time, and rightly so, uh, being very upset and offended and trying to correct the wrongs done by other people. We really want to see justice, and we really want to see fairness, and we really want to see um, evildoers get their just dessert. We want that. We want to see them pay for their crimes, uh, and we spend so much time on this. Um, arguably, that's what politics is for. That's what. Um, or that's what. We're trying to do in politics. That's what law is for. We, uh, that's what vengeance is for. All, we we spend a lot of time um, trying to correct bad things done by people, um, because in some sense, if if we can make the world more fair, uh, then it's it's better for everybody. Um, and these are, this is a noble pursuit, I guess. I mean, like social justice or whatever you want to call it. Um, but we spend almost no time, well, sh- we spend far less time uh, trying to decouple ourselves from the oppression of nature. So we try and, we try and correct the human oppression. We try and make... We try and keep people from doing horrible things to other people when we can, um, to the best of our ability, and we fail a lot. Um, but we spend a lot less time than we should, I, th- I think, um, trying to solve problems imposed upon us by nature. Because nature's not a person. Nature just is. And sometimes the way nature is is very, very damaging for us. And I'm going to argue that nothing is more oppressive than nature, and that the problems that nature imposes upon us, imposes upon us, are uh, far more difficult to solve, but more worthy of solving. And these problems are problems that we can all solve together Um because we're, it's not this sort of push and pull when you're trying to, you know, fight against someone who's doing something wrong. You're just, you're just trying to get out of the way of something. Like, like if, if here's a, here's a stupid example. Like if you see a sharp object falling from the sky and it's gonna hit you and kill you, you move out of the way. So let's just imagine this object somehow materialized like it's an icicle or something, and it materialized, and it's it's falling towards you. The solution is to look up, oh, there's an icicle falling, step out of the way, it hits the ground, and you're fine. If you hadn't done that, it would have killed you, and there would be nobody to be angry at about that. That would have just been um, crazy natural phenomenon. But there's a solution to that, and in this case, it's simple, as you just step out of the way. It's not like a very difficult engineering problem. It's 
just get out of the way of the icicle. But but the result, had you not done that, would have been incredibly oppressive. The ending of your life. Um, and there are things like this all around the world, happening all the time, um, that has nothing to do with anything bad that any person is doing. It's just that nature works out not in our favor often. And I would argue that these are the problems that no one's going to fight, fight against you if you're trying to solve them. And then the problems that will reap the greatest benefits. And I think they're, I think they're worth paying attention to. Like, so th this is, this is where technical skills and engineering comes into play. And I so I'm basically arguing that engineering and solving actual physical problems of nature is a very worthy cause. <laughs> and some people, most people who have this do-gooder mentality, I want to save the world sort of uh, perspective, go about um, doing their business by finding out who's doing bad things and trying to right that wrong. Like, it was like it's, a social, it's a social justice approach. And I'm glad those people exist, but there aren't, there are almost, there aren't as many people who have this sort of mentality of do-gooder, I want to save the world mentality, um, but I'm going to do it by solving technical problems that have no emotional weight behind them. There's no, there's literally no one oppressing anybody. It's just that we have to make nature work in a way that favors us. Someone like Elon Musk comes to mind. These are like rare, rare types. Um, but I'm, I'm gonna, I'm arguing basically that we need more people like that. Um, because these are the biggest problems of our time. Nature has committed obscene genocides. Think about the asteroid that killed the dinosaurs. That giant rock from space that destroyed almost all life on the planet. And there was no evil intention behind that at all. That's just a thing that happened. Um, but we humans, if confronted with that problem if we discovered it early enough, could develop the technology to prevent that from happening. And it would take lots of energy and lots of time and lots of people all working together to solve this issue, to fight this foe that isn't really even a foe because it doesn't have any stake in whether or not it actually hits the earth. It just happens to be on a path such that it's going to hit the earth and we can change that. Um, and the, these sorts of like problems that don't have any emotional weight, but do have seriously grave consequences are the most worthwhile problems to solve. And we just don't realize that because when, when another person is fucking with you, it, it, 
it just grinds your gears. It makes you, it makes you just really upset. It makes you, um, want to write that wrong. And so, so we, so we just, just the emotional weight of those problems get us so riled up that we focus on those things. And it's good to make people stop fucking with each other. Like that's worthwhile to solve, but we don't care about solving the worse, more insidious problems that are just always simmering beneath the surface um, because they don't have any emotional weight behind them. But those are the things that actually kill us in the long run. No one's, nobody is giving you a heart attack. Nobody is making you slip and fall um, and break your hip. Nobody is, um, you see what I mean? Like, like, um, the most dangerous things for people are things that we base well, number one, bad habits that we do to ourselves that slowly lead to our demise, like smoking and things like that. Um, no one's making you do that either. Um, Although addictions do have emotions behind them. So maybe that's a bad, bad example. But I guess my point is that there are bad people in the world, but we have less foes to fight than we think. Like, we have lots of problems to solve, but the vast majority of them involve cool, calm, and collected uh, sort of observation and understanding and slowly tweaking things such that they lead to outcomes that we prefer. Um, and yeah, so, that, yeah, so I guess to summarize, I'm saying that human beings have lots of problems. There are lots of things that oppress us and make life more difficult. <clears throat> one of those things are problems imposed by other people, corrupt leadership, uh, bullies, people that fuck with you. Um, and then the other problem, the other problems are imposed just by nature. Uh, aging, uh, heart problems, disease. And there are people trying to solve both types of problems, but it seems like there's a lot more energy being funneled into the, into solving problems created by other people, which are the, because they have more emotional weight behind them, but the, re, in reality, they're not the biggest problems that we have. Disease is a far bigger problem, like, and diseases don't care at all. Like, think about coronavirus. I mean, That's a, that's something that can just kill you, and it's not even. It's just a. It's some particles floating through the air. They don't even. They just happen to land in your body, happen to replicate, and happen to kill you. Um. No one to get mad about that. Mad at about that. Um. So. Yeah, I mean. Mother Nature, without any emotional stake in the game, has committed genocides. Like I said, the dinosaurs already. 
the the bubonic plague, all these things. They're just they're just things that happen. And it's far more gruesome and far more bloody than any of the horrible things humans have done to each other throughout history. But since there's no one to get angry at, it's it's sort of we just, oh yeah, bad things happen. But 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 we can prevent certain types of bad things from happening if we just um, actually sit down, focus, and learn to solve these problems. Um, so, I guess I'm saying we, we need more people going into science and engineering than we need going into like finance and law and politics. All those things are all these things are important, but I feel like it's it's skewed it's skewed in a unfavorable direction in terms of uh, leading to human progress. Um, Elon Musk himself said that he he basically said we need more people making things. Um, and what I would say is, yeah, we need more people making physical objects and doing, implementing physical solutions to actual problems in the physical world that aren't necessarily imposed on us by a person. Um, speaking of Elon Musk, let, let's 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 look at the problems he's been trying to solve. He's ha let's let's talk about Tesla. <coughs> He's had so many engineering hurdles with Tesla, getting the Model 3 production up to scale, all this other stuff. Um, he's had a bunch of actual physical engineering problems that he's had to solve, and he's had hurdles that have been imposed upon him by other people. So think about all the, the naysayers early on who were like, electrical cars will never work, they'll never, it's not going to be viable, blah, 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 blah. There were people short-selling in stocks, things like that. So he had... He had all of his engineering problems, and he had all of his human-imposed problems. And it was it's kind of annoying that he actually had all those people that were opposing him. Because it's like, come on, his life is already hard enough. Like, can't we be on his side? He did have a bunch of people on his side. But anyway, that's a tangent. A tangent. So, I guarantee you, if, he, if you ask Elon Musk at any point in time, during his it, his journey of creating Tesla, if you asked him, hey, Elon, here's a deal. We are going to... You have two options. You can... So you have two sets of problems. You have, you have the human problems, like people in government that are trying to make your life hard, people on the internet, short sellers. You have all these human problems, and you have all these physical engineering problems. Two sets of problems. Here's the deal. We can cut your human problems in half, but we'll cut your human problems in half, but double your engineering problems. Or we'll cut your engineering problems in half, but double your people problems. I guarantee you in a heartbeat, if he, if he valued making things more, easier and more smooth for him. Like, somehow, this is a deal made made for him by, like, God. Like, this is the Almighty coming down and offering him this. I guarantee you he would have taken the latter deal. I would rather cut my engineering problems in half 
and double my human problems because human problems are easier to solve. Like you have a person, they're doing something specific and you have some idea of what it would take to get them to get off your back. Um, engineering problems take a lot longer to solve. And if he had been able to do that, I bet Tesla would have gotten up to speed much faster. He could have ramped up his Model 3 production much quicker. Like the, the problem with the Model 3 production and all the other hurdles he's had to jump over were actual physical engineering problems. They weren't, they weren't regulatory hurdles. They weren't, I mean, maybe there was a little bit of that, but it's mostly just trying to make things work. Um, like that's the, that's the most difficult aspect. And I guarantee you, he would have said, okay, I'll, okay, God, yeah, make, make the engineering work half as difficult, please. And I'll take double of dealing with more difficult people. I'll take that. I'll take that deal. Um, yeah, so that's my point, is that human problems are bad, but nature's imposed problems are more difficult. It just seems... Things in the physical world seem to be more smooth, and people problems seem to be worse, because we've sort of converged as a society onto like a narrow subset of physical solutions to physical problems. And basically we're standing on the shoulders of giants. And because mother, the nature of nature never changes, we can continue implementing these old solutions. Um, and because we have basically all of our worked out, thus to date worked out physical problems, basically just running in the background on autopilot. But the nature of people is constantly changing, so we're having to constantly uh, reorient ourselves to, to deal with whatever difficult person happens to exist at this point in time. Um, that seems more difficult because it's, in, in a sense, more versatile. It's, in a sense, more flexible. It keeps changing, and we have to keep on dealing with this new dictator or this new asshole or this, this person. And so that makes it seem like the human problems are more pressing. Um, but the fact of the matter is that's just because we have a bunch of already, already um, developed and implemented physical solutions all running in autopilot. But the issue is these old solutions that have been running in autopilot are starting to become obsolete. They're starting to not work now that we have a planet of 8 billion people, like when we have it at that scale, we realize we're destroying the environment, and basically we've hit a wall, and we're going to have to, we're at a point now where we're going to have to develop a lot more uh, technology to solve basically the problems we've created um, in nature, like global warming and things like that. Um, and this is going to be a massive hurdle. It's going to be more more difficult than any, you know, undermining a dictator or getting this guy out of power or trying to make this guy stop doing this. Um, like, the actual engineering problems 
are more pressing is what I'm saying. Um, and so we're going to actually start to see the value of being able to do technical, physical things in the real world pretty soon. Um, I think we're going to have a shift in our values in the near future, um, which it's already happening. I mean, technically skilled people are moving up the ranks of like the, the wage ranks because um, we ha we're having more and more problems and we need more and more technical people to solve these. Um, like our old solutions are no longer working. And so if you one want to be competitive, so if, if you want to be, yeah, if you want to be um, competitive in the economy and if you want to help the world, you should learn something real so you should learn something real like regenerative agriculture um mechanical engineering computer programming all of the above <laughs> if you want to make yourself an asset to like humanity in the future um these are all worthwhile endeavors um as opposed to well okay as opposed to the following, which are also worthwhile endeavors, but they will become less worthwhile, relatively speaking, to having technical skills. Finance, politics, law, etc. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's, if it's ever going to shift back. I think it's going to stay this way for centuries um, where technical skills are the most valuable things that you could have. Maybe it's always been this way. I don't know. It seems like for a while we, we were existing in a bubble where non-technical, non-actual physical real world skills were the most valuable politics, finance, law. <clears throat> but it seems like we're going back to the natural state of things where actually understanding the world, the physical world that we live in, is mo the most valuable. We, the, the reason we ended up in that bubble was because we had gotten to a point where we had, like I said, we had implemented a bunch of solutions that worked at the time that we could run on autopilot and just let them run in the background put a couple of low-skilled workers on the assembly line, have you, you just pull the crank and you do this and just let everything run. Everything will just run smoothly and we'll just get the things we need. And now we need a bunch of lawyers to like decide who owns what and all this stuff. But basically we, all these solutions are breaking down because they're destroying the environment and they're doing all, they're causing all these problems. So, um, this is how I, this is, this is my perspective. Yeah. So like in the future, as these things start, start to break down, we're going to have to implement new solutions. And these new solutions will be far more complicated and nuanced uh, and holistic and considering more variables than the previous solutions. Every machine we design is going to have to take into account not just the thing we want to make, for people, but 
it's also going to have to take into account how it's affecting this ecosystem, how it's changing this variable, how it's changing that variable. And as a result, we're going to need a lot more uh, technical intelligence for every machine we design. And we're going to have to need not only lots of expertise and not lots of different fields, but people who know how to communicate across fields um, and things of that nature. So it's, it's never been a better time to become competent in a technical area. Um, this bubble is popping. Um, and we're going to have to actually start understanding nature and the world that we live in. Uh, because this sort of weird bubble of just machinery and factories and, and uh, greenhouse gases and just make it make it turn, make it turn and produce these things and get them out the door and so I can make money. Like, <clears throat> that's all breaking down. I mean, I'm not saying there's not going to be money. There's still going to be money, probably. Um, but... But it's, but we're shifting towards having to deeply understand our machines in terms of how, not just what they make and how they serve us, but how they affect the ecosystem that they're existing in. Um, also, we're going to be going into space pretty soon. That's going to have lots of technical challenges. Like, Basically, the, the number of technical challenges we're going to be facing is exploding exponentially because one, we're trying to fix the planet, and two, we're trying to get into space. And ironically enough, Elon Musk is involved in both of those endeavors. Um, so, yeah. So, so that's happening. Basically, I'm saying the more technical things you learn, the more exponential of, of an ROI you're going to get in this day and age. Uh, because these are the real problems that are, that are appearing before us. In the past, I think in the past, like the past few decades, like maybe in like, you know, 70s or whatever, the, the ROI on technical skills was also pretty good, but not as good as it is now. Because... Well, basically in the past, if you wanted to employ technical knowledge, you sort of had to be part of some like large institution. You had to impress certain people. You had to get promoted. You had to work your way up, which is still kind of true now. Like you have to prove yourself and things like that. But nowadays, there are less gate of those sorts of gatekeepers. Nowadays, it's more like, if you understand something and you're good at it, you can start a company. You can, you can start creating a product now. Like, oh, there's a lot of open source code out there. Like, there, there's 3D printers. There's, there's a, lots of technical products that can be created by you and a small team from the ground up just in your garage. And that's, I guess it's always been true, but it's more true now. Um, so... So this day and age um, is more accommodating. If you're interested in a 
if you're interested in solving a problem, you can try to solve the problem. Uh, we're not as encumbered by like elitism and, oh no, you have to, you have to make sure you have a PhD from this university and you've worked at this institution for this amount of years, or we're not going to respect your, uh, credentials and we're not going to believe what you're doing. We're not going to fund you. We're not, you're not going to be able to make this thing. But nowadays you don't need all that. Like nowadays, <coughs> I mean, getting a degree is valuable. I'm, don't get me wrong, but like, you don't actually need one, but it is valuable. I mean, I have one. Um, but, but anyways, what I'm saying nowadays is you just have to have a good idea. You have to understand it well enough to develop a prototype. Maybe then you can start a GoFundMe page, not a GoFundMe page, uh, Kickstarter page get enough funds, produce your product, and boom, you're you're up and running. Like <clears throat> So it's never been an easier time to become a technical person, and it's never been more valuable, and it's never paid better to be become to be technically minded. So now's the time. Like if you want to solve technical problems, you can solve technical problems. You just have to teach yourself the ropes. You just have to learn things. Anyone, anyone can go and learn how to program. Anyone can learn uh, deep learning. Anyone can learn how to create a drone out of a Raspberry Pi. Um, so yeah, it's, it's the field's wide open. And it's just up to us to jump into it. Um... The field's wide open and it pays dividends. If you basically the only the big requirement nowadays is time. You have to invest the time to learn. Um, you have to invest in yourself by taking the time to learn. In the past, the investment was not only time, but you had to make sure you met the right people, make sure you make sure so that you could have access to the resources in terms of the information because information used to be closed off. It wasn't freely available like it is now. And then you had to make sure you knew the right people to get the right funding. But nowadays, funding and information are wide open. There's crowdfunding and there's the internet. So now the only big hurdle is the knowledge hurdle. You just have to teach yourself these things. Keep on, keep on testing it. Keep on pushing it. Keep on learning. And eventually you're going to understand certain problems deeply enough to start solving them. Um, and then you just have to convince people to fund you and bada boom, bada bing, bada boom. You're good. So it's very worthwhile, I think, for, for yourself and for humanity, for as many people as possible, start learning how to solve real problems. Anyway, I think that's all I have to say about that. So I'll talk to you all later. Have a good day. Bye.